0: Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Called for Freedom podcast. It's been a little bit. I haven't recorded uh, at least in the last two weeks or so, I believe. Um, It's been a little bit busy. Um, A lot going on in the news as well, as a lot of you probably know already. Um, We we might touch on that a little bit at the end of this episode. But we're getting into 1 Samuel chapter 13 this is when uh, this is when Saul fights the Philistines and those that desired a king like all the nations fancied when they had one they, they should look very great and considerable but in this chapter we find it proved much otherwise while Samuel was joined in commission with Saul things went well But now that Saul began to reign alone, all went to decay. And Samuel's words began to be fulfilled. You shall be consumed, both you and your king. For never was the state of Israel further gone in a consumption than in this chapter. Saul appears here a very silly prince, infatuated in his counsels. Uh, he was invaded by his neighbors, deserted by his soldiers, disordered in his own spirit, and sacrificing in confusion. Um, the people appeared here a very mi- uh, very miserable people they, they, you know the people of Israel very miserable disheartened and uh, dispersed diminished plundered disarmed uh, this they got by casting off God's government and making themselves like the nations all their glory departed from them this is really touching this intro is really touching on how the nation was getting away from God but following the world. what are other countries? countries doing, you know, and before I get into this chapter, um, you know, it's a lot about what like the United States is doing, you know, we, we, we want to follow the, the China model, the European model and, and worrying about what all these other countries are doing and how we're comparing ourselves to them when originally when this country was founded, we were our own entity, we completely changed the way of doing things. The country was founded on Judeo Christian values. As you've heard me talk in past episodes, you know, I talk about the faith of our founding fathers, which I still have more of those episodes in store for you, but um, we're trying to get through the book of Samuel uh, before we get into those and finish those off. But, you know, a, a lot of our nation's principles were founded on a Christian basis, founded on. Uh, Jesus' teaching and what it said in the Bible. And that's what led to our success. It's just like Israel. When Israel was coming up and, and they had, you know, when they had Samuel and they had Joshua and Moses, things were, you know, things were building upwards. Things were going more positive when God was involved when the people rejected it, they wanted to do things the way others were doing it, the way the world was doing it, they found themselves in a bad place, which is where we are right now in this country since we want to sexualize children. I'm on one today, people. Um, I am not, I'm just, I'm so discouraged by what I'm seeing, It's, it's insane. But let's get started. Let's get started into uh, chapter 13, verse 1. Now Saul lived for one year and then became king. And when he had reigned for two years over Israel, Saul chose 3,000 men of Israel. 2,000 were with Saul in Michmash and the hill country of Bethel, and 1,000 were with Jonathan in Gibeah of Benjamin. The rest of the people he sent home, every man to his tent. Jonathan defeated the garrison of the Philistines that was at Geba. And the Philistines heard of it. And Saul blew the trumpet throughout all the land, saying, Let the Hebrews hear. And all Israel heard it. Said that Saul had defeated the garrison of the Philistines, and also that Israel had become a stench to the Philistines, and the people were called out to join Saul at Gilgal. And the Philistines mustered to fight with Israel thirty thousand chariots, and six thousand horsemen and troops, like the sand on the seashore in multitude. They came up and encamped in Michmash to the east of Beth-Avon when the men of Israel saw that they were in trouble for the people were hard pressed the people hid themselves in caves and in holes and in rocks and in tombs and in cisterns and some Hebrews crossed the fords of the Jordan to the land of Gad and Gilead Saul was still at Gilgal and all the people followed him trembling. He waited seven days, the time appointed by Samuel. But Samuel did not come to Gilgal, and the people were scattering from him. So Saul said, Bring the burnt offering here to me and the peace offerings. And he offered the burnt offering. As soon as he had finished offering the burnt offering, behold, Samuel came. And Samuel went out to meet him and greet him. Samuel said, What have you done? And Saul said, When I saw that the people were scattered for me, and that you did not come within days, the days appointed, and that the Philistines had mustered at Michmash, I said, Now the Philistines will come down against me at Gilgal. And I have not sought the favor of the Lord. So I forced myself and offered the burnt offering. And Samuel said to Saul, You have done foolishly. You have not kept the command of the Lord your God, with which he commanded you. For then the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. But now your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart, and the Lord has commanded him to be prince over his people because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. And Samuel arose and went up from Gilgal. The rest of the people went up after Saul to meet the army. They went up from Gilgal to Gibeah of Benjamin. And Saul numbered the people who were present with him, about 600 men, and Saul and Jonathan, his son, and the people who were present with them stayed in, stayed in Geba of Benjamin but the Philistines encamped at Mimash and the raiders came out of the camp and the Philistines in three companies. one company turned toward Afra to the land of Shua. Another company turned toward Beth Haran and another company turned toward the border that looks down the valley of Zeboim toward the wilderness now there was no blacksmith to be found throughout all the land of Israel for the Philistines said lest the Hebrews make themselves swords or spears but every one of the Israelites went down to the Philistines to sharpen his plowshare his mattock, his axe or his sickle And the charge was two-thirds of a shekel, for the plowshares and for the mattocks, and a third of a shekel, for sharpening the axes and setting the, the goads. So on the day of the battle, there was neither sword nor spear found in the hand of any of the people with Saul and Jonathan. But Saul and Jonathan, his son, had them. And the garrison of the Philistines went out to the pass, of Michmash. Let's go back to verse 13. I mean, go back to verse 14. When Saul, When Samuel told Saul, but now your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought for himself a man after his own heart, and the Lord has commanded him to be commander over his people, because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. Some commentary by Pastor Ed Ray. Uh, Chapter 12 ended with Samuel encouraging King Saul and the people to follow and be obedient to God. And the very next chapter records Saul disobeying God's commandments. Saul and his men were encamped against the Philistines and the people were frightened. Saul was to wait for Samuel, but when he didn't come, Saul grew tired of waiting and decided to take matters into his own hands, offering a sacrifice on his own, without a priest. When Samuel arrived, God announced through Samuel the end of Saul's kingdom and that Saul's descendants would not reign after him. It sounded as if he, if the end of his reign was going to happen at that exact moment. However, Saul reigned another 20 years. Nevertheless, that a would end was a certainty. God was seeking a man after his own heart, meaning someone who desires to obey God. Saul learned that the cost of obedience was slight, waiting a few more days for Samuel, compared to the cost of continued disobedience or the loss of his kingdom. Saul was not a patient man and was quick to shift the blame to others, which would eventually cost him everything. I want you to keep in mind as I'm reading this commentary, a lot of this is going on in the leadership of our country. Okay, If you've been paying attention, there has been a lot of pointing fingers on the other side of the aisle and how everybody else is the problem but not us. Also, what did, what did Pastor Ed Ray say in the beginning of this paragraph? God was seeking a man after his own heart, meaning someone who desires to obey God. Does, does, our, does our government desire to obey God or do they, they desire their own wealth and desires and their own power? Life is made up of long waiting periods, linked together by short bursts of activity. The child has to wait until she is old enough to have a bicycle, the young teenager until she is old enough to drive a car, to get her diploma, to meet her husband, to own their first home. The art of waiting is not learned all at once. And patience is in as short a supply today as it was then. Saul is an illustration of the danger of allowing impatience to rule our lives and the folly of trying to run ahead of God. Saul made a wrong choice, and the tragedy was that he refused to repent. He paid dearly for it for the rest of his life. And may we learn from Saul and not make the same mistake today. We have to learn from the scriptures, people. People in this country want to say that the Constitution is outdated. It's not outdated. It is just as relevant today as it was when this country was founded. There is a reason why those documents were written. Because people back then experienced a tyrannical government. And they experienced what real oppression looked like. Which led to the Revolutionary War. Okay? It led people taking up arms against the oppressor, which back then was the British Empire. It's, uh, you know, and then when people say, ah, oh, the scriptures, the Old Testament, ah, we, you know, we Christians, we don't read the Old Testament. Why? There's a lot you can clearly see. There's a lot you can learn from the time of Saul's reign. And how it relates to the leadership, not only the leadership in our country, but the, the the patience of our own lives. And you can and, and what the scriptures do is it reveals what God wants for you. What does the Bible say? The the scriptures are breathed out by God. They, these are inspired by God. God is using these stories to tell you something on another note before we end this podcast obviously we've all heard about the Roe v. Wade situation the, the issue of abortion is a very diver, di, divisive issue I agree with people in my I mean I disagree with people in my own family about this I think me and my wife have some disagreements on this. Um, And there's a lot of speculation. You know, there's a lot of people that want to say it's a case by case basis, this and that. It needs to go back to states' rights. Here's the thing if a babysitter comes in and murders your children, those are your children. The Bible says in Jeremiah 1.5, that before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. You you in the womb, you are a child of God. And what is God saying? Even when you are in the womb, you are a child. You are a life. God is molding you together in your in your mother's womb. You are a life. And a recent video came out from the Young Turks about you know the one lady was screaming and cursing on the TV about how are in this video about how childcare care is expensive and and how do people people can't uh, afford these things and all this. So that means we're supposed, we need to, oh, we need to ask the question. Ask what question? That it's okay to kill your child when it becomes inconvenient for you. So I guess every time that you got to deal with your children Every time it's an inconvenience, we're supposed to murder our children. How about you not whore around and sleep with other men or a bunch of other men? Because let's be honest, the case by case basis that people are talking about rape and health situations when, you know, where the pregnancy can affect the woman's life. Those are rare cases compared to the amount of abortions being conducted from people that just are having sex. And that's the end of it. And they don't want to deal with the consequences. If you're pro-choice, well, guess what? You made your choice. You made your choice to sleep with somebody and ended up getting pregnant. You have to live with that choice. Why does the child have to pay for your mistake? And then we go to the and then there's the argument of the women's rights issue. Let me tell you something. There isn't a women's rights issue and I and I apologize for the women listening to this that might get offended. But personally, I don't the truth hurts. It's not a women's rights issue when you can't even define what a woman is. You have Supreme Court justices that can't even define what a woman is. But you're going to fight for women's rights. I'm going to fight for women's rights now, but we want to allow men dressed like women to compete in women's sports. We want to fight for women's rights, but In the same breath, these left-wing, hardcore left-wingers want to say that a man can get pregnant because gender doesn't exist. Well, if a man can get pregnant, then I have just as much say about abortion than a woman does. See, if you can't make up your mind, you don't know where you stand. The problem with being a liberal is you have no clue where you stand on an issue. You have 10 different versions of an issue, 10 different answers to an issue. You got 10 different genders, for crying out loud. And then what about all the female babies that are in the womb? If you're fighting for women's rights, what about the female babies that you just aborted? See, I can knock you down with this argument. Anything you throw at me, I'm going to knock you down. I don't care about the case by case basis, I don't care about the women's rights issue, I don't care about how it's an inconvenience for you to raise children. If you don't like it, put that children, give that child to a person that will take care of that child. Because there's millions of families out there that are having trouble getting pregnant and they would love to take in your child. I'm sorry, people. I'm on one today. This whole situation has really gotten me fired up. If you like to hear my rants, let me know. Let me know on the Go Wild app. Um, Share this episode with others because, you know, and some of you listening, we might disagree, and that's fine. But the Bible is going to answer every question recently um, uh, I watched uh, Mark Driscoll's um, Real Men Conference uh, when he was having a men's night and he was talking about the issue of abortion and he laid out 23 scriptures that 23 scriptures that prove that God does not approve of abortion And he gets very deep into it. Um, Not just the scripture side of things, but he gets into the political side of things. And he does a very great job. So I encourage you to watch that video. um, That you can find that on YouTube. Just search Mark Mark Driscoll. Um, He does a very great job in that video. Um, Anyway, it's Mother's Day weekend. Uh, ironic that I'm going off on this about abortion and it's Mother's Day weekend coming up. I want to say God bless all you mothers out there. You guys are saints. You really are. Uh, especially you single moms. You know, for the young Turks that are on TV screaming, uh, what about the, you know, the single mothers out there that are dealing with child care? that have to deal with working two jobs and taking their kids to school all by by themselves. My mother-in-law was a single mom because her husband passed away when my wife was 11 years old, okay? And she had to deal with four kids by herself. She made it happen. So stop with the excuses. Stop with the excuse of murdering a child because you have too many excuses. You need to own it. And you need to grow up. This is a long one, guys. God bless your mothers out there. Have a great Mother's Day weekend. Um, and I will see you again on Monday. Take care. Mm-hmm.